and welcome to episode seven of the Alexis Pereira Show. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira. With me, as always, is my co-host, Alex Estrada. Hello, old friend. Hello, everybody. Uh, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So, you know, Alex, I consider myself a pretty smart person. Hmm. You just say, would you say I'm, I'm pretty smart? Yeah, I'd say that you use that to describe yourself, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do admit, I think there are two people out there who I consider smarter than myself. All right? I would say just two. I haven't met everybody. <laughs> I would say that. But I do think there are two people out there who maybe I don't initially agree when I see something they say or, or you know, whatever. Maybe, like, my initial reaction is like, huh, what's going on? But these two people, I think, okay, they are they are smarter than me. I should... Take a breath, really understand what they're doing, and then I'll be, you know, I'll be better for it later on. Okay. The first person is uh, former San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich. Okay. Mm. I would say he definitely five-time NBA champion. Okay. Three-time coach of the year. All right. Won championships with the same team in different eras. You know, you don't really see that anymore. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Popovich is up there. He's definitely up there. I even think he may still be coaching. <laughs> I just totally <laughs> forgot. Um, but uh, definitely when I, the, the, the pop, definitely up there. Second person, she is a revelation every time she speaks. Uh, she looks at things, I think, from a very neutral angle. You know, she, she's a very uh, calm thinker. And uh, th- she is with us tonight. Uh, Carrie over Fab Cadet. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, so I, did I read that en- intro you wrote correctly? Is that <laughs> <laughs> you? You messed up a couple pieces. You forgot the most amazing and the most fashionable. But I'll let you have that. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, you are no, you are correct. very fashionable indeed. Um, you know, it's, I I was. Uh, I want to read a, a post that you wrote recently um, where it's just one of the, the regular posts. I think that often the Internet can see something and they all get on the same uh, bandwagon. They all go, you know what, they, we all agree with this point of view. And then they just all just start hitting it over and over again. And I feel like you jumped in on a recent story where uh, Will Smith and his uh, his wife, Jada, jumped into the Red Table Talk Um and uh, they said, uh, apparently, Jada may have... Did she say that she had, like, a side relationship? Or, or what was that kind she of... She said she had... She called it an entanglement. And mm-hmm. the internet went wild because they got a chance to learn a new word, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially, her and Will were on a break. She thought that they would never be back together again. He, she, she said on the talk, she was like, I thought you were done with me. And August Alsina, who is an R&B singer, was introduced to her by her younger son. And at first it was innocent enough that he was just like, hey, I need help. He had like a really traumatic life before then. His sister died. His brother died. And he adopted like his young niece and nephews. He was going through like addiction. So he was like a kid in turmoil. I say kid, but he was young. He was an adult. He was probably he was in his early 20s. But the point is, her son also introduced him to the family, and essentially, they she took him under she took him under her wing, and the family like nourished him and did all these things, and it developed into something more and something sexual. And um, she had a short relationship with him, in what she called an entanglement. Yeah, and um, he came out and spoke about it recently. And the internet lost its mind. And then she had to bring herself to the red table because she has recently built a brand of being transparent and being about healing and love and openness. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting is uh, when I initially saw the story being kind of talked about, they didn't even seem to. And I think this is kind of like this uh, uh, hate, like pe- people hate women, obviously, on the internet. And uh, I think that like, there seemed to not be much mention of the fact that they were on a break. Or the old, uh, like, yeah, the Ross defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just kind of like, how, how could she do that? How could she, you know, or whatever. Um, but then, like, you wrote this interesting thing. And, and again, it's like, uh, I feel like you kind of, again, always attack these things on, like, a, a very neutral. Uh, you said, uh, it's hilarious watching people with failed situationships comment <laughs> on Will and Jada's decades-long Hollywood marriage. 
I'm pretty sure they don't give a fuck what you think about the relationship, Sharon from Connecticut. Go water your plants, feed your cats, and mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was the only comment I made about it on social media. After that, I have nothing to say. Like, it's their lives. It's their relationship. I believe in making the relationship that you want. I think you can have whatever rules you want. If he's fine, then she's fine. And I don't get why everyone is up in arms about it. Just shut up and work on yourself. Yeah, they well, they definitely want to talk about the person they can't get into a relationship with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what they're doing. They're just kind of like... Um, and uh, uh, another thing about it is... Uh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot what I was just saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy that people have an opinion on everything, you know, and it, oh, actually what I did want to say was, um, I thought it was genius because I had heard of the red table talk, you know, a little bit like, you know, seen it, the ads on TV. Like there was one episode where they had like three generations. Is that the, are they the three main hosts? It's like the, her daughter and her mom. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. And, um, so, you know, it was kind of in the, uh, the zeitgeist, but then this really put the show on the zeitgeist. Like I was like, this is genius. Yeah, what yeah. Uh, is it on a network or a streamer? It's, it's on, Facebook. on Facebook Watch. Face Facebook so, Watch. Yeah. To be uh-huh. fair, you guys aren't in their demographic, but <laughs> so I get it. What do you mean by that, Carrie? <laughs> I get why you, it was in your zeitgeist, yeah. but it was like our entire world when it came out. Like it was. Yeah. Oh, I, I first heard about read about it on uh, on CNN. Uh, so I definitely really? came into it. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I found out about it because they said like about the red table talk. I'm like, what the hell is this? And this I click on CNN. That's this made, it made CNN. That's, that's how it insane. got it got into our demographic or my demographic that way. I'm sure it was posted on whatever uh, Alexis's fetish forum. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, that he, he was on Red Tube Talk. That's <laughs> what you were on. There you go. Carrie gets the point of this podcast. I love it. <laughs> Uh, yep, she's, what did I say? It's her and Greg Popovich, right? Um, yeah. No, that's funny. That it's, it's a great example. I just said, I just said the zeitgeist as if like my kind of like, uh, whitish male kind of, uh, 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 point of view is the point of view. Uh, no, I love folks- it. Everyone speaks from their own point of view as long as you acknowledge that there are other point of views, right? So it's yeah, totally exactly. fine. Uh, and again, uh, 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 kids listening at home, I, uh, that was just for you to learn. Okay. That's not, <laughs> that's not how I really think. Um, the so, fact that it was on CNN though is why I have not watched the news in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you, I can't. <laughs> yeah. It's too stupid today. I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the news. Um, Yay. so. This is this is a little bit more on a, a serious, um, but we haven't really talked about this specific case on this podcast yet. Um, but uh, we have Alex is a lawyer, and uh, you know Carrie is a, a legal analyst. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, in uh, Kentucky, uh, there are still ongoing protests and across the United States uh, uh, about the uh, murder and uh, lack of prosecution of the murderers of Brianna Taylor. Um, and, uh, just, uh, this week, um, it was announced that, uh, well, they released the audio tapes of the interviews with like the police and, uh, her boyfriend, uh, directly after the, uh, the shooting. Um, and, uh, it's interesting because her boyfriend's story is very believable. Like what he says makes total sense. The way the cops saying it, It sounds like when Homer Simpson imagines himself in some kind of like chocolate land, like (laughs) it, 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 basically the police, the police version of the events is like, we knocked, we said we're the police, they didn't want to answer, we kept knocking, said we're the police, we, we kicked down the door, they were there, they shot, I shot back, blah, 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 like, you know, uh, and uh, her boyfriend's version of the story is there was a banging, open up. They kept asking who's there. There was no answer. Finally, they kicked the door down. Um, and uh, I've mentioned this before, uh, whatever, privately, but like um, it's a castle doctrine state. So if you are a licensed gun holder, you can defend yourself. Uh, and, uh, you know, somebody kicked in his door at 3 a.m. Um, and uh, we'll talk about all the 
facts later, but like, uh, and then he's able to, he's allowed to defend himself. Uh, and then he shot, they shot back. Then later on, when they interviewed him, you know, in handcuffs or whatever, they, they asked him if he got shot. He said no. And they're like, well, that's a shame, you know, all this crazy bullshit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is really shocked the conscience of America. And I know that America loves to ignore racism. They love to ignore police brutality. But I think this seems to have uh, made like a very serious uh, picture for America about how unfair this country is. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a sort of a horrific exemplar of every single way that the the system as it's currently set up uh, is done to abrogate justice. Uh, the, like, even just starting with, like, the warrant itself. So I believe it was a, uh, a no-knock warrant that was issued, correct? Yes. And so, you know, the history of that is at some point in time, there were, there were uh, a series of police killings, uh, related to the service of warrants. And they said it was because, you know, the police showed up, uh, they knocked, they went in, and somebody had a gun and, and used it against a police officer. And so the idea was you carved out this very, what was supposed to be a very, very narrow, uh, type of warrant to be used in situations where there would either be uh, a high risk of the destruction of evidence or uh, a serious risk of violence against the police. But the problem is now because there have been uh, basically the way that the process has sort of uh, been built up as these have become like generic, essentially, like the police will go in, in tons of situations without any evidence uh, or any indications that they have these risks and just say, like, we're applying for a no knock warrant generally here's what we think might happen we don't you know we don't have anything specific but you know maybe a confidential informant said that you know they might have a weapon uh or they're you know there are drugs they might flush or something and then you know the judges review this for 10 seconds sign off and then uh they go and execute it and so this is sort of just an example of how um you know what was supposed to be a um like a very very narrow very rare uh, application has you know come into widespread use and been used uh violently against black people yeah um it's just it's just frustrating because i don't know that we needed i personally didn't need any more examples of the injustice and how things are just unfair and it just keeps happening over and over again and i feel like i've heard people say the reason that you know george floyd's officers were fired so quickly versus the officers in the Breonna Taylor case was because there was a video. Because watching a video eight minutes and 46 seconds long really lets you picture it. But like, you shouldn't have to see us. You shouldn't have to see it. You shouldn't have to be able to watch it. And then there's still so many videos that we see all the time. And so now it's like we're watching these videos and we're, we're, we're simultaneously, it's like we're, it's two extremes. We're either desensitized or we're either outraged. And it's, it's this constant back and forth and like this, this unstable situation where you're like, this keeps happening over and over again. And what is it going to take? And so it's just incredibly, incredibly frustrating. I don't even have the words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I, it is, it is one of those sad things where, again, I, I, you, you said it perfectly. The, we don't need more examples. There are more examples monthly weekly for people just to kind of get with it mm-hmm. you know um and uh yeah i i think that this this one is going to change i think you know obviously these two cases in conjunction i think are going to change a lot um and one of the other things that sickens me about this case is in kentucky uh and i think some other states if a if a police officer finds money in your house that's used for drugs mm-hmm. they then can uh take it oh yeah, oh, yeah. civic uh, forfeiture mm-hmm. and what happens is they um they can't get overtime unless it's budgeted for overtime right so if they get like a bunch of drug money like one year then they can all get extra overtime and again this is my crazy conspiracy theory i really think that this was the the reason why they were so gung-ho about getting this house you know they're just like there may be money there i don't know go get it you know and so many things don't make sense. Like, you know, if there's if there's money there, which I think was in the warrant, like they can't flush the money down the toilet. You know, like it's just so crazy. 
Right. Well, and the thing it was a very indirect, like the the allegation indirectly was that there were like it was. It's not even that they were necessarily the the individuals of interest. It's that packages that suspected drug dealers were receiving were being dropped off there or something. And because as I recall, they weren't. That's the the other horrible thing about is they weren't even directly involved. It was like just like an ancillary web. Uh, to this this scheme that police sort of uh, cooked up as justification for the warrant. So yeah, like I said, the the system, whatever in- perverse incentives there are, uh, the system will just find ways to sort of um, latch onto them in this sort of vicious cycle, uh, so that they repeat themselves and they get worse and worse. Because there's every incentive to uh, to keep pursuing. You know, like you said, either the uh, there's a budgetary goal. Um, you know, if there's some sort of like, you know, reward in a sense for, uh, for making an arrest or making a bust, it's going to push, uh, the cops in the system to pursue those ends. And no doubt. Yeah. It, because it was because they were black that they yeah. pushed for this, right? I yeah. Mean, it's obvious. <laughs> Another, um, I was just looking up to make sure that I had it correctly. It was the lawyers. Um, Brianna Taylor's lawyers actually, um, said that the case was connected to a gentrification plan that her shooting was a result of a police department operation to clear out one of the blocks in Western Louisville. So there, there, that is a motive also that is targeted. And we, we see that happening all the time. Like I live in Bed-Stuy and I remember uh, my sister bought a condo here maybe 10 years ago or 12 years ago. So it's right at the beginning of um, gentrification. And I remember seeing just police officers coming in and standing on every single corner. And it was so strange. And it was happening in neighborhoods all over Brooklyn. And we were like, why are they here? And they were walking. We saw beat officers. Like, we, you've never before in New York seen officers patrolling on foot. Unless we're talking about the officers that work in the projects and their housing officers, but just to walk down the streets. So it was this targeted thing where they were um, doing broken windows policing, ticketing harassing um cracking down on people and basically telling the the incoming white residents that it's safe to be here now and so the police are always agents and the first line is the police first and then the cafes and that's how you know whole foods is about to come i kid you not <laughs> happen in harlem happen in bedsty happen in crown heights you see the cops they bring the cafes <laughs> and then and the Caucasians come. Then you're paying, the three yeah. C's. And then you see, you know, Alexis on your corner buying a fifteen dollar can of beans. It's just, you know, it's sickening. You know I am that gentrifier. I'm not gonna lie. I buy, t- I buy twenty five dollar maple syrup because I can't. Damn. I was never doing Aunt Jemima, but I need my maple syrup. Jeez. I'm oh, so man. sorry. Yeah, well, they're always ballers. We were log cabin ballers. syrup people in my hometown. <laughs> you know, very off brand. What, what's interesting about a sto- what's interesting about a story is that they constantly open cafes and they immediately go out of business like they just <laughs> can't get it's like they just so close to being to like it is pretty kind of gentrified a story but it's like it's just not cool <laughs> enough like people want to live in brooklyn people want to live in harlem and then like, every now and then like white people come out to astoria and they're like mm, nah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really uh, yeah. Bay Ridge. The year before I moved, opened up uh, four coffee shops within a two-block radius. It's nuts. Wow. Uh, and they, and they, they run right. They're like they're they're profitable. I mean, uh, one of them probably is. I don't know. I mean, like the there were there were a couple that like opened up and had pretty big um, uh, turnout, I guess, or uh, attendance. I don't know the, the patronage. Uh, but, um, the last one that opened was actually pretty good right on fourth Avenue. Uh, we liked them a lot and they were full, but they were opening up as a co-working space. And I can't imagine that in this environment that that is a viable part of the plan anymore. No, in Astoria, every cafe is fucking empty as hell. And there's just like some old guy sitting reading the newspaper (laughs) who runs it, you know, and he's just clearly part of the mafia. Like, it's just not even, um, and also, though, you know, you know what I've always heard, Carrie. There's always like the first, right before the cops, is like the artists. It's like the people who go in and like open those lofts. <laughs> yeah, the Other artsy people. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I always feel like they're kind of like the first. They all they they're, they're often like white. They're like kind of rich too. Like they pretend to be not poor, but they're like their parents like a pay for their loft apartment, and then they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm 
I'm old school or whatever, and they got here in like 1998. Selena Dunham and a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think she lived with her parents actually, <laughs> up until she got girls. Uh, that's right, Lena. If you're listening, I have a pilot. That like to, um, Shout out to you. What are you What are you up to these days? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week uh, for my Lena episode. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's. We, we can keep talking about it for this over and over again, but like, Alex, what is the legal remedy, by the way? You know, I, you know, I think obviously like there's a, we know the truth that they're going to try to get out of it, but there's got to be some way, right? To like charge these police officers through the system that's set up now or like what, what, what can they do? Well, yeah. So there's typically, there's typically a couple of ways. Like I think unfortunately the way that these things end up not even working out, but as a, a means of justice is often civilly. Uh, because as we've discussed before with qualified immunity, like there are various, um, uh, defenses that police officers typically get, uh, in the normal execution of their duties. And unfortunately, in, in this case, if the cop makes a mistake and shoots somebody, you know, who wasn't supposed to be shot because of a, you know, mistake or whatever, uh, they're typically not going to be criminally charged unless you have a, a DA who's sort of willing to, uh, make the argument. We talked about this in the George Floyd episode a bit in terms of the difficulties in, uh, criminally charging police officers. However, on the, on the civil side, we, you know, we have seen, um, you know, cases that have, uh, that have settled or been litigated, uh, that get some semblance, uh, or semblance of justice. Uh, you know, often for survivors or, or for their families. But in terms of bringing the, the actual law to bear, what you'd likely need is either a, uh, some sort of federal, um, a federal law, uh, that Congress that could pass, which, yeah, might never happen. And even more unlikely is a, uh, constitutional amendment, uh, that, uh, that specifically limits the defenses that the, uh, qualified and absolute immunity defenses that officers get to raise. And Carrie, how can we get rid of the police? <laughs> I can't say that. They're going to cancel me and I need my job. <laughs> no. Um, so this is interesting. I worked on Why It's the Next show on HBO. Um, it was called Problem Areas. And essentially, it was a solutions-based show. And we dealt the whole season. It was EP'd by John Oliver. So it was shot sort of like a, like a documentary. Almost. Mm. It was a documentary style. We did fill pieces. And what we did in the f- entire first season was we dedicated it to unpacking the problems with policing in America. So we did eight full episodes investigating everything from police training to accountability to when have the police officers ever apologized to use of force standards to what's happening in the police unions. And we went to Minneapolis where Philando Castile was shot. We went through to to different police departments that were supposed to uh that uh you know Obama had a bunch of recommendations with the with the Department of Justice on the recommendations that police departments could could implement. So we went to some of those cities and saw exactly who implemented those changes. We visited cities that had uh, mobile crisis units instead of having the police officers respond to people in the throes of a mental health care where you could where you could call 311 and a social worker would come out. And so there are all these different yeah. things. Um, we talked, we looked at the militarization of the police and how due to a government program, they were actually a federal program. They were giving away military tanks and military equipment. And if you give a police department equipment, they're bound to use it. And so there are just so many different layers and levels to which the police officers have been able to act with impunity. And um, I don't know what the answer is short of some drastic change like yeah. the the we need to see accountability and so if even if you sue these police officers civilly they're not paying for it out of their pockets we so pay, unless right. we pay for it that's my money sir yeah. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and i still have to fight to get it yeah that's so, i mean that's a good idea carrie i think on our what should happen is that when something like that happens they have to settle we get a note in our paychecks that say, yeah. uh, you know, this is what happened. You know, you're losing five bucks because we have to pay out because of this guy on this date did this thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would I, get people. Yeah, I think that would make people being like, all right, cool. We need to hire not idiots. Yeah, that would need to happen. I think there needs to be some type of group of accountability for police officers. Like 
in teams like football teams and and sports like if somebody's late y'all all gotta run laps so y'all all need to 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 lose vacation days <laughs> like when one bad apple goes fucking crazy you need to be like no chill tom i can't afford to lose thanksgiving like yeah, what the fuck <laughs> but the officers yeah. don't hold each other accountable because that's the culture of it and like something has to give but it's absolute it's absolutely insane I can't even. Oh man, the I threat can't. of running laps. <laughs> my blood. Alexis has been texting me. We're supposed to go hiking next week, and he wants to know uh, how my health is. He's constantly. Well, he's uh, know if he's keep up. <laughs> you know, Carrie. The Kate. You know, you brought up something about uh, mental health checks. A case that broke my heart. It was like maybe four years ago. It was under De Blasio, but I can't quite remember what happened when it happened. The police went to a woman for a mental health check. An old older black woman in the Bronx. Um, Deborah Danner. Thank you. I, yeah, well, this is why you're here. This is why you're smarter. Uh, then, um, if you do a wellness check and you murder the person you're doing the wellness check on, how does it not, to every single person on the planet, how does that not ring as totally not cool? Like, that's insane that you could murder the person you're checking on. It really just boils down to their lives being more important than everyone else's. And mm-hmm. so when you're in the police academy, it's, it's not different from being hazed. It's a brotherhood. It's a fraternal order. And they're saying, do what you have to do so that you can go home. They tell you, rather be tried by 12 than carried by six. That mm-hmm. is what they tell them. I don't know what 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 cop has been tried by by twelve because y'all really go to trial. And the only police officer I know of two police officers in my lifetime who have gone to jail. One was Daniel Hawksclaw because he was out there raping bitches, okay? Mm-hmm. And he was raping black women. I use bitches like uh, it's gender mm-hmm. neutral. It's progressive, okay? <laughs> he was out there raping people, so he got went to jail. And the other one was a black cop who accidentally shot a white woman, and he went to jail swiftly. Yeah. And so it's like. Even that police officer. Oh, and the Asian guy. Sorry. But, but he, he didn't go to jail. Don't forget the Asian guy. <laughs> he didn't go to jail. He, he had five years of uh, house arrest. Oh, really? Right. Okay. See? Yeah. There you go. I was Detective Blue uh, or, and that was in Brooklyn. And, and, uh, oh, yeah, that was, and, and again, same, talking about that case, you know, he said something, it's like scared him and he just shot, like, mm-hmm. you if you're scared, the, don't sign up. And that's you your job. A, you're a police officer. You're like, that's not, if, if I had a drill, if I were some kind of, you know, construction worker and I killed somebody with my drill, you know, like I'd go to jail, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, exactly. Don't sign up. Thank you. <sighs> uh, this needs to be a morning show. The three of us. It should uh, be, Brett. Start your morning. <laughs> Lena Dunham, if you're listening, <laughs> we have a pitch. <laughs> yeah. Mornings with Lena. Um, so. You know, we can we can talk about that, you know, for forever. I, I do want to touch on other topics. Um, the Democrats have a giant lead in several House races, a few Senate races that are surprising. And in fact, the presidency, uh, uh, Joe Biden has a 12 point lead on uh, on Trump, which at this point is a record uh, for any. You know, I believe that Hillary was like a three or four point lead. Um, Kerry, will the Democrats blow it? Uh, I don't know. I really, I, I can't call it. I have, I have no, I, I don't, I don't, I think that the reason Trump won the first time was because they underestimated his base and the people in middle America and the people that we simply don't hear from enough. I have no idea what they're talking about, where they're at. I don't know what their rallies are about. He's <laughs> gathering people together with masks, without masks. I have no fucking idea. I'm not excited about Joe Biden. I can yeah. give a fuck about him or yeah. whatever he's saying. I'm not enthused. I'm not excited. I don't like none of these people. <laughs> I'm just so upset that this is where we are. This is a joke. In fact, it's so bad that when Kanye said he was running, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. maybe I have an out because this is crazy. And that's also insane. So that's where we are here. Yeah, I would have I would have gotten behind a late registration party. Yeah. <laughs> and so he called it the birthday party. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> Gotta name it after one of the good albums. I mean, come on. He does what what what's oh. up with what's his deal with Trump, Kanye? Because they seem to have oh, uh, a weird on again, off again friendship. They're also in an entanglement. <laughs> I think so. I really think so. I bet they really get along. I, I don't know why. I have this weird feeling that like when those two are alone in a room. They really get down. They're just kind of like, probably. 
They probably um, just keep interrupting each other to like hear themselves speak, and they're like, "Nobody understands us. Geniuses." <laughs> That's right. They talk about talking. Oh my they gosh. definitely do that. They have like they a twin language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously not a a big Biden guy, but I think he's going to win. You think and he's going to win? Be, it's going to be strange. I, I I'm one of three people I know. It's like three people I know who think Biden's going to win are, are me, Biden, and, and uh, Pelosi. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Alexis and I have a um, have a betting pool going on. I think we made it. What it was in January, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where the at the time we we believed the us in the pool believed that Trump was going to win re-election just based on the way that the primaries were sort of bearing out before and then, COVID, right? Right, and then yeah, I thought COVID. the same thing. Yeah, and it just kind of flipped everything because normally, in uh, according to all models. Uh, typically when the economy is doing well and there's not a ton, I mean, like a ton of enthusiasm for the opposition candidate, uh, the incumbent like smashes them. And we were sort of cooking up to that up until uh, March, really. And now it's completely reversed everything. So what? what you got to read Chinese news, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been reading Chinese I've been reading the Beijing Times since oh my uh, God. December, so I knew, uh, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, it's all <laughs> happening with China. <laughs> yeah. Alexa <laughs> saw the uh, grocery advertisement for bats and... Uh, <laughs> we'll button down the hatches. Yeah, we'll bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that anything can happen between now and November, though. And that's that's the whole thing, that we've seen the world change in the span of three months. And so I take nothing for granted, and I don't know what the next three months could hold. Like, it might be a fucking tsunami, and maybe Trump might save everybody on his fucking toupee. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what might happen. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the sole, the sole thing he has is maybe, as an October surprise, they develop a working vaccine, uh, and, like, there's just, like, you know, an insane recovery. But even that is, like, it's highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody has money. You know, that's the second part about it. That's, again, the why I'm a genius. Uh, (laughs) Right now we have the uh, corona uh, outbreak. But if it ever clears up, it's not like everybody is, like, ready to spend money and go out. Everybody's broke. And he didn't do the smart thing, which would be to, like, really cash, cash, cash. Like, everybody should keep... If he wanted to win, and again, you know, whatever, this is maybe ideologically opposed to the Republicans or whatever, but if he wanted to win, it's just cash, cash, cash for everybody. Keep it going until November, and then you know, he's got got it, but he seems to want to stop it in June. Yeah, They don't seem to be interested, and I think people are just like, no, we want cash. People go to Democrats for money. Do you think everybody is broke though because that's what i thought and then i started seeing everyone outside i started (laughs) seeing things open up i saw people lined out up outside of gucci on father's day i saw uh people partying i saw i saw just just it just seems like people are people are back in disney world despite (laughs) having to sign releases that you might catch covid and die so no, do you feel point. like people have been, they're just excited to go out, that they're overcompensating a little bit, like they might be an initial rush? Yeah, I think if you were making under $35,000 a year and you've been able to collect full unemployment, like you're definitely doing better than you were like the month before. <laughs> <laughs> okay! There you go! That's my president! <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You just need. That's it. You just need a Trump New Deal, and this thing is. You know, we'll get sixteen years of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it beats I, drink tickets. Honey. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> your, your point is well taken, but um, I think that there are two parts of it, and you mentioned both. Uh, one, I think that they are over exuberant. They're just. They may still be broke, but putting on a credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna catch like, up. I want to be out. Second part is though that that's like a class that never is broke, uh, and I don't think that is like that's like a small sliver of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that typically the people who s- swing both ways, uh, these are the people who are typically middle class, but they they're like one or two bad accidents from really getting fucked, you know? Right. So so and I think that they're kind of like, ooh, I don't know about another Trump. Right. I think we need Biden to come in here with that welfare cash. Uh-huh. <laughs> You could so. be right. You could be right. And then in September, what I'm worried about are all the people that are going to be evicted now because these rent freezes are starting to um, unfreeze. Yeah. 
that's a whole I, other thing. I can't believe that we're going to, you know, that people are going to put their head in the sand on this one. You know, this is a huge deal. Uh, the economy in the United States runs on people having housing. And I know this because not 12 years ago, almost everybody lost housing and the economy went into the shitter. You can't buy things. You can't go to work. And they seem to be letting it happen again. And I can't believe they're doing that. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but, you know, they definitely need to freeze rents and freeze mortgages. But again, they just, I don't know. They yeah, I know that, uh, I think, I believe New York State launched this week a uh, rental assistance program that's supposed to be, uh, I forget the exact thing, but if you go on the state website, I think if you if you make under 80% of whatever the, uh, either the median, the average income in your uh, county uh, you can qualify for partial or total assistance, but I know that the website like crashed basically because you know some people like yeah tried to log into it the first day. Uh, but I think that's something that they're you know that's it's obviously it's you know not enough, and uh, you know the financing for the program is limited because it's only being funded by the state at this point. But I think you know they're sort of holding out for some sort of uh, federal bailout uh, that includes state and local governments in the next package. But once again, like you know we're almost we're midway through July. Uh, the expanded unemployment benef- uh, benefits expire at the end of the month. <gasps> and <laughs> no! this is why you got to watch the news, Carrie. <laughs> at the very least, the thing that says how many days remaining. Yeah, I'm exactly. Closing just, my eyes oh my and God. certify. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Shit. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe everyone's on an unemployment now. So they're oh, spending yeah, a little bit, and then come August, ooh, baby, I'm going to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I have options. You should hook up with the Lexus on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's well, something for everybody on uh, the Lexus and Carrie Hold OnlyFans. Um, so speaking of uh, Democrats needing to win, um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, who I believe Get well um, was uh, nominated by John Adams. <laughs> um, she has cancer, uh, and uh, she said she's going to be going through chemo. She must be in her nineties, right? No, I think seven. Yeah, I think she's in her late eighties. Oh, did I make it up? Maybe she's eighty-seven. I she's eighty-seven years old. Eighty-seven years young. Uh, <laughs> she's 106. Yeah, she has. <laughs> that's the, also the amount number of cancers that she's had. Yeah. I mean, this woman is extraordinary. Uh, but it's like it, each time it comes out, like everyone just like cringes just a little bit because it's like, is this going to be the one? I really hope not. But God oh, damn it! Man. But I, you know, I, I do take solace in the fact that you know, if the unthinkable were to happen and we, she were to take a vacation. Um, before the end of the year, that's like my a permanent one. No, 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 it could be temporary. You know, just get you know stepping down, whatever. Uh, like I think it's highly unlikely that Trump would be able to get a uh, a nominee through uh, under these circumstances. Like he wouldn't even. There's not even a way to get quorum at this point. Like it's so easy to avoid because everyone, no one's in Washington. So yeah, you know, there's there's that guys. <laughs> Is that the silver lining? not much when you're a when you're not a republican i guess Um, but uh she really should have stepped down when our previous president was president i I can't believe she stayed on yeah you know um i know that people thought that hillary was gonna win so they were like whatever it's a non-starter but you know i never thought that <laughs> Tell me about what did you did you um did you think Hillary uh, was going to win or, no, or were you smart? <laughs> I didn't think she was going to win. I knew she wasn't going to win. Yeah, I uh, I definitely was locked up into the whole thing. I, in the beginning, I I was were like you Team I, Hill. Yeah, yeah, it was Team Hill. Yeah, Alexis used to shill for Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the T-shirt. Uh, in the beginning, I was like, man, I think Trump might win. And then, like, later on, I was like, I got caught up in the mainstream. And then I'll never do that again. Yeah. I will never do that again now. Now, only only, uh, only my thoughts out there, uh, especially the one about plural marriage. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's why we're on hey. Squadcast and not the Red Table. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, she's it, – it's – yeah, she's been uh, she's been out there fighting, but um, it's a lot of five four votes anyway. So it's you know I don't know what the biggest change will be. Um, and uh, another update on uh, 
the coronavirus, uh, Georgia, uh, some cities in Georgia, including Atlanta, has decided to uh, uh, enforce wearing a mask. And every Republican has been tweeting, please wear a mask. Every governor, please wear a mask. If you will swear, please wear a mask. Our states are being devastated. Please wear a mask. And even with that, the governor of Georgia decided to override that mask, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, mandate? Mandate, thank you. Mask mandate and saying that no. Which, they- why is it mandate and not human date? No, I'm just hey, talking Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Woman date. Thank you. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. Bring the little wokeness. <laughs> a they date, this, if you will, <laughs> to this okay. chorizo fest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, if you if you're the mayor of Atlanta and you're seeing your city devastated by people not wearing masks in stores, and we know what the issue is: people wearing people not wearing masks or whatever. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you believe that, Carrie. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it's, you know that. And then like, you have the governor being overriding it. I mean, it's, it's like, do, do we want this to last until 2022? You know, we need to get a hold of this somehow. Was the governor uh, up for re-election? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's this yeah. year. Let me see. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but she means just in general. Like, oh, is yeah. He, is he, is he just, you know? Well, no, like, I, get it. I mean, like what, I don't. Oh, he just beat um, Stacey, Stacey Abrams. Abrams. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he yeah, definitely has at least another... that's that asshole. <laughs> what a thing him. to be known for. Is that Gavin Newsom? Is that his name? <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, the governor no. of California. Oh. <laughs> this is Kemp, right? Something Jack, uh, Kemp. Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp. See it? Brian Kemp. He's, he's basically pulling a Cuomo when you think about it. You know, when the, the mayor says, you know, here, you know, we're going to do, try this thing to, um, to stop the virus. And the Cuomo's like, no, I'm going to make the call about whether or not we do that. Uh, so, you know, you just keep your opinion to yourself. It's basically like the same, it's trying to pull the same move, I guess, but it's not for anyone's benefit. It's so ridiculous. I really can't believe that that's a stance to take. It's so bizarre. Like, I don't get the, the, if you ask us to wear a mask, you're infringing on my right thing. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I went to, a, um, I went to my first post quarantine event. It was a, my friend had a birthday party and it was like a little, a little, supposed to be a little outdoor gathering in the park. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I had my mask on and no one was wearing masks except for me and a friend whose mom just died of COVID last week. Uh. So it was just us two wearing masks. Everyone else was freely walking about. There were people. Uh, one of my friends wanted to talk to me because she was like, "You're a comedian. I'm so surprised that you of all people are taking it seriously." And I was like, first of all, back the fuck up because you're too close." And second of all, I don't know why you're wasting viral droplets right now telling yeah. me foolishness. We're yeah. not having this mask conversation oh right now. Dude, what, what, what an insane! Think all comedians are like weird, like right wing, like uh, cynics. Not, not even that, but just like, the idea that you approach everything in your life like sardonically. There are some people who are like that and they should die, but yeah. <laughs> for the most part, not everybody's like, oh my, just the, the thought that like, oh yeah, everything's a goof to you, right? Like, right. it's funny. Carrie, you need leg surgery or else you we have to take off your leg. <laughs> God. You're trying to awesome. control me. Like, yeah. so bizarre. <laughs> I don't understand. That, that is kind of a funny thing though. Occasionally, um, People will say, people will guess what my opinion is on something because I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. And their guess is often like, you must really hate this or something like that. And, um, and it'll be like some, because you know, you're a comedian, you hate, you know, intellectual people or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm not like a court jester who yeah. makes fun of <laughs> the king. You know, what do you like? I have thoughts too. Mm-hmm. I also am serious about things. <laughs> That's so irritating. I feel like that happens to me, but people will assume what I think because I'm a comedian or because I'm black or because I'm a woman. So they mm-hmm. just, and sometimes that even happens in comedy spaces. Like people just take for granted that we're all like, Kill all white men, am I right? Or blah, blah, blah. And it'll, yeah. it'll, that's a bad example, but it'll be no. something like that. And I'm just like, well, let me, don't assume you know how I feel. No, that's a Give great me example, a moment. Actually. No, that's a great example because that is like a meme, you know, and, right, yeah. uh, and everybody just kind of is like, um, and I think you 
you know, you pointed out, like, as a black woman, I think they're just kind of like, oh, I know how I can get on Carrie's good side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will uh, tell her about um, how I hate my white husband. <laughs> right. like, I'll tell her what Alexis did. <laughs> <laughs> that is. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> if I'm not currently dating a woman, whatever she's saying is a lie. Okay? That's how I see it. And that's the contract she signed. That's a good rule of thumb. You're from, um, you're, you're originally from Brooklyn? Yes. Yeah. You, Born you, uh, and raised. What's that? Born and Born. raised. Wow. That's awesome. What part? East Flatbush. Hell yeah. That's where, where the train passes by. I'm from Queens Village, south of uh, J- Jamaica, Queens. Is that where you're from from? Yeah. Awesome. So you, you went to high school and everything in New York. Yeah. Um, I went to, yeah, uh, high school in, in Queens. I mean, I went to Catholic school, so maybe it's, you know. Which Catholic. one? I went to St. Francis Prep for high school. That's like, there's and only then, one. Uh, I knew it was that one. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in, uh, South, uh, South Queens, um, which is kind of near where you grew up, in a sense. No. It's kind of, right? No. <laughs> I, I never know. You know, I, Brooklyn you know, is its own thing, <laughs> oh and I just hate that. In post gentrification New York City, we have to act like we all like each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, you don't have to do so that true. here, Carrie. You can <laughs> you can let Alexis yeah, she, know what you think about yeah, it. It's okay. It's no, I like Alexis. Too. I just hate Queens. Yeah, and people from there. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that because uh, growing up, Queens is like the worst. It's like the least New York part of New York, and I'll tell you why. Like every, people like will ask me about stuff in New York, but now I know a little bit more because I'm more a little more worldly. But when I was like eighteen or nineteen or twenty. People were like, have you ever been to, you know, like, I don't know, like Lower East Side or whatever? And I'd be like, no, what's that? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> Queens. Queens is like not. Queens is People like. People in um, Brooklyn are like that, too. People in their boroughs are very much in their borough. And you only go someplace if you have to work. And if so, yeah. if you don't work there, you would have never really have been there. No, but you don't think that people who are originally from Brooklyn, like no matter where they are, they kind of know New York City a little more. Like they know the tr- subways a little more. No, no, I know. It depends on who you talk to and where they're from. Uh, yeah. Okay. I always assume that because, like, Queens, like, we don't really have a subway. We have one. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it's like, if it closes, we're like, all right, well, don't go to work today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I always assume that because, like, Brooklyn had more of a robust subway, you guys kind of, like, know it more. I don't know. I think it just depends. I'm making stereotypes of people from Brooklyn. What else? <laughs> what's, another, what's another Brooklyn stereotype? <laughs> I've always thought, I feel like people from Brooklyn can handle emergencies better. Probably also. true. Yeah. But again, it, depends on what people from Brooklyn, because there have been friends of mine that have freaked the fuck out. And I was like, I will never do crime with you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, uh, I, I, again, like, you know, people in Queens are a little more, we stay in our houses more. I think, again, we don't really go out as much. Um, people are surprised that people in Brooklyn have houses and come from houses and people yeah. are freaked out about that. I think people in Queens, that's a Queens Long Island thing. You guys are used to like backyards and that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Proud, proud, proud of it. Well, you know, it's funny. My parents lived in, uh, uh, Queens Village. Um, I say Jamaica because people don't know where Jamaica encompasses like St. Albans, Queens mm-hmm. Village and, um, uh, but, uh, uh, my parents moved out, um, recently, uh, to LA. They sold their house and moved to LA. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. They, they went to make Your parents Hollywood. went Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like people are asking me when I'm, I'm moving to LA and I'm like, I don't know. My parents did. <laughs> they decided they're going to take the jump. Yeah. Oh, I love that. They already got agents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's interesting because they moved, I mean, when I grew up, uh, uh, Queens Village was, was, was mostly black. Um, and, uh, it sort of changed as I grew up. Like, so it became like some like West Indian, some white, some Latino, like it kind of became more mixed. Uh, but my parents moved to a, uh, <laughs> and speaking of gentrification, they moved to a black neighborhood in Los Angeles. And, uh, it's funny because it's like all the neighbors, like, uh, it is really like being home again. Because, you know, like a black community, like they're very welcoming. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a stereotype, but they're just like very nice people. And it's like reminds me of when I grew up in Queens Village and I'm just like, oh, I miss this. We'll you take know, that this- stereotype. That's one thing people don't say. Black people are very nice people. I will take that. <laughs> well, there's like a community. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes when I go to like 
you know, like if I have a whatever, like a white family member or a family member moved to a white neighborhood, uh, the people, white people there are like, they're looking out mm-hmm. the curtains, wondering who you are, wondering blah, blah, blah. And then like, you know, again, like my parents, like neighborhood, there's like all her neighbors are my, all my mom's neighbors are very nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've, Basically, and black neighbors with- mind their business. Exactly. That's the best kind of neighbor. They might wave. They just do this. They mind their fucking business. They're not asking questions. They're not calling the cops. <laughs> they're not doing any of that. If yeah. you want to build a deck, it's your property. It's your business. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Oh yeah, all those like deck. Uh, what was that? That woman recently in New was, Jersey or something? You know, you're so knowledgeable. It's like you just pop it up. But yes, it was New Jersey. Yes, uh, Montclair. There, the, uh, uh, it was like a black couple mm-hmm. um, was building some kind of, and she was like, "Do you have a permit for that?" Like, yo, relax. Like, who are you? <laughs> also, what if you're wrong? You know, that's another thing that's so crazy to me. And it, I mean, this is this comes from you know uh, that kind of privilege that they have. Like, like they just don't care if they're wrong. They're like, do you have a permit? Like, yeah, like that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <what? laughs> right. I don't believe that you had the This is a commercial permit, not a residential permit. <laughs> you know what I it's so annoying. I just realized that it's white people are just too curious. They're just yeah. too curious. You 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 wanted to see what was going on with the natives. You wanted to investigate. <laughs> y'all on y'all on space. You in Mars? The fuck you doing in Mars for? I heard of the thing that said that we have not even begun to tap into the wildlife and like what's underneath our oceans that we yeah. have like eighty percent still undiscovered. You are Mars. You are other planets. <laughs> Mind your fucking business, bro. That's such a funny like idea of just being like. Like, it's almost like you're a parent asking why you have to go to a friend's house, being like, you got the ocean. Go <laughs> look at the ocean. You know? Father, <laughs> oh go look at we the have ocean. so much to do Seriously. here. Carrie, there's a plane in the ocean that we haven't found yet. Hello? Right? Several there's- planes. And what the fuck is up with the Bermuda Triangle? We're never going to talk about that. Yeah, there's all these seasons of television you got to catch up on. Like, there's <laughs> you could bring it home. Why not? Oh God. Um, so I could go definitely another seven minutes, but we are going to end it uh, here. <laughs> uh, Carrie, thank you so much. Um, and uh, we are listened to by again. Our, we have a, a lot of fans in Saudi Arabia, a lot of fans in uh, Venezuela. Uh, where can the fans uh, see you um, if they want to check you out? I know I know that you were on the Funny Dance Show. Yeah, I was on the Funny Dance Show. I'm in the season finale of season two of Rami um, on Hulu. And um, you can just find me on social media at Overfab. That's O-V-E-R-F-A-B, short for Overly Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, we all we often close our episodes with uh, some closing words from Alex. So, Alex, some closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Uh, mind your entanglements, uh, especially if they're with Alexis Pereira. Oh, come on! <laughs> I'm taking that out. <laughs> Definitely taking that out. No, that one's good. <laughs>